thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, it's great to see everybody today. Hey, it takes a lot of people to set all this up, and they do it every week, and so we call it the portable team, and the leader is Nick. Can we give a big hand to Nick Dimmig and the team that set this up every week? Yeah. I asked Corey Buckholtz this morning what time he started, and he said 4.20 a.m. Can we give the Buckholtz a big hand? 4.20 a.m., everybody. Come on now. Man, the only people awake at that time is you and the Holy Ghost. All right, so... Uh, Hey, it's great to see all of you. Um, Thanks so much for coming. I want to add to what Pastor Nathan said just a moment ago, and that is that today we have small group leader training. So uh, the way that we do small groups here at Radiant is we do them in semesters. So we have a spring semester and then a summer semester and then a fall semester. And our goal is to enable you to jump in to a small group for a season and then it has an ending date. So it's not the kinds of small groups that are forever. It's the kind of small groups that uh, you, you jump on, you jump off, and then, and then the, the goal is for you, be discipled, be discipled, be discipled, and then at some point, you take that big leap and you make disciples, make disciples, make disciples. Or you're in both. You're in a group where you're being discipled, and then you're in a group where you're making disciples. And one of the things I want to encourage you with, it, a, a, a part of the idea or the philosophy is that when you look at Matthew 28, the idea of as you are going, make disciples A part of one of the things that I believe is that we can make disciples in multiple contexts. So it's possible to make disciples, not just where you're sitting at Starbucks um, talking through the book of Romans, although that's an amazing one. Uh, One of the small groups that I led was called Dudes and Dads, where my goal was to help fathers be intentional with their sons and to help nine-year-olds and pray. We memorized, we did like a 30-second prayer and then we played soccer the whole time. And so... So the idea is, is that it doesn't necessarily, it, it, it can fit your calling. It can fit even your personality. And so in the summertime, for some people, this is the worst time. You're like, oh, I'll go back to leading a small group in the fall. Um, but this is craziness. Uh, this is travel time. Some of you, it's the opposite. Some of you, this is your moment where suddenly the kids are out of school. You got a little breather and you go, man, we could do a small group called, called chilling and grilling, you know, and, and do six weeks and you know, cook some steaks and talk about how God answers prayer or, you know, something like that. But I want to encourage you to ask God what he would invite you to do so that you're always growing as both being discipled and, um, and making disciples. And so today is a little bit different than the way that we've been doing kind of a kickoff in years past, the way that we've always done it. And so because we've done three uh, launch days of a new semester every year, we've done quite a few of these um, since our church began. But today we're starting a little bit of a different process, and that is instead of today being the day that we celebrate, hey, jump in a small group, today's the day, 
we're actually, um, we're, we're actually going after leaders. So today's the launch where we're inviting leaders to step in and we're giving you three weeks to kind of pray and ask God. And then launch day will be June 4th. So we learned this from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. It's called the preseason, right? Like we figured out we need a little bit of time to help people just kind of pray and, and seek God about what group they should lead. And then we'll go, uh, we'll go June 4th into six weeks of small groups. Everybody got it? All right, good, good. Okay, so, the, so this is the preseason, so you're praying about it to be a small group leader, and if you would like to be trained today, we have training right in that room. Okay, second announcement is this. We're in, um, we're in this series called Presence People because what, what, what I'm working on, I'm working on the gathered assembly. I'm working on when we come together before God, Sunday after Sunday, what takes place in the room. And so last week, we talked about giving thanks, and uh, this week, we're gonna talk about giving praise, um, and I've scheduled a workout for all of us. It's not at the gym. Uh, it's actually like a church workout. So on the first Monday night of June, we're going to take an hour and we're going to spend an hour on a Monday night worshiping and praying. Some of you hear that and you think, uh, that, that sounds impossible. Uh, that sounds too hard. Some of you hear that and you think, Ooh, that's what I've been waiting for. Finally, this church is on the ball. All right. Uh, it just depends on where you're at. But we're gonna take a full hour on that night. We're gonna worship and pray together. Andy Bird is gonna come and preach on worship in the nations. And so what the whole theme of that night will be worship and praise. So anyway, first Monday night of June, if you could put that on your calendar, one more thing to put on your calendar, and that is July. I'm going out there. Some of you will be on vacation. But, if you, but July 15th, uh, we're gonna have serve day. And this is an all in. If you played Pictionary, you know what it is. Everybody goes all in. My goal is, is that on, on July 15th, we go all in. And we take a day to serve our city, all right? And so we'll have different uh, points across town where we'll be um, serving people. But if you could put that on your calendar, that's gonna be great. Um, our outreach is led by Rachel Dorinci. Let's give Rachel a big hand, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so anyway, uh, July 15th, serve day, middle of summer. There we go. All right, Psalm 100, here we go. You just heard it a moment ago, um, but let me read it one more time just to get it in us and then we'll talk about it today. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Can you say praise? praise. Give thanks to him and say praise. praise. Praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His faithfulness continues. It's still there. Jesus, we love you today. We enter in with thanksgiving and we enter in with praise. I ask, Lord, that today praise would grow inside of each one of us. I pray that praise would grow inside of our marriages, that we would begin to have a, a praise factor where we lead our, our, our spouse in just the conviction of praying and, all, and praising in all circumstance. I ask that praise would grow in our families. I pray that praise would grow in our workplaces. I pray that praise would grow in us as we are in different environments across Kansas City, as we are in malls, as we're in uh, hospitals, as we're in schools. And I do pray that praise would grow in the gathered assembly where the people of God come together and say, worthy, holy, awesome, glorious is our God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the person who feels like praise is for somebody else, but not them, I pray for seeds to grow in their heart today and be planted. Form us into people that praise. We honor you and we love you. And everybody said amen.
So October 1982 is a story of a football game in, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin Badgers hosting Michigan State Spartans. And on the field, Michigan State Spartans are beating the Wisconsin Badgers. And they are winning big. And a bizarre thing started to happen at the Badgers' home game where they were losing. The home team is losing, but in the stands, there started to be clapping and shouting and a bizarre dynamic where when everybody should be sulking and depressed because Sparty has done it again, they're suddenly happy and excited and clapping and there's spontaneous shouts of excitement. And some of the players on the field later said, we didn't know what was happening. And some of the coaches said, we didn't know what was happening. But what was happening was that in the World Series taking place down the road, the Brewers were starting to win game three and people had brought radios and as their team was losing, they were tuning into the Brewers gaining a victory. And so though they were present at a game where their team was losing, their hearts and their minds were somewhere else as they were cheering on the Brewers. Here's what I like about that story. I like the picture that in the middle of uh, a scenario I feel this all the time. I feel all the time where we're looking in our culture and things are hard, things are difficult. And yet there is on a Sunday morning or throughout the week, there's people that are smiley, clapping, happy, joyful, praising. And the temptation of the people who are not connected to that narrative is to look at the praising people and think they're the crazy people. But here's where I'm going today. The idea is that you and I, as the people of God, are not disconnected with all the challenges and difficulty taking place in our circumstances. But we are connected to the narrative of heaven. We are connected to the narrative of the scripture. We have dialed in, if you will, to a storyline that is far more exciting <laughs> than being beat up by the newscast or beat up by the small circumstance where we're in. It doesn't change the fact that it exists, but it's the dominant storyline of our lives. And so there's many times where um, if you were sitting in that game and you did not have a radio to tune in in the 80s, I don't know what that was like. You know, maybe some of you do. Skylar, you do, you're about that old. I mean, like, I don't, but, but however, however the Walkman felt in the, in the 80s, I'm not sure, you know, that the people, the people that were not tuned in we're like, what it, it's weird. What, it's clueless. It's the people that were knowing, oh, okay. We just went up in the world. There's a different storyline. And here's, here's what I want to go after. I want to go after when I look at the people of God in the Old Testament, when I look at the people of God in the New Testament, when I look at the people of God today. Fundamentally, we see praise as a part of who they are. But the only way that there is praise inside of us is when we're anchored, when we're connected to a bigger narrative than our circumstance, to, to a deeper narrative, to an eternal narrative, to, a, to even historically what God has done with his people. And when you look at the people of God in the Old Testament, they are fundamentally a people of praise. You look at the 150 chapters of Psalms, it's a book of prayers and songs, a book of praise for the people of God, no matter the circumstance. So sometimes there's a circumstance that's extremely challenging, where they're going into a battle that it looks like they could not possibly win. And God says, all right, put the people that praise with the instruments out front. Makes no sense to the world, but it's this, I'm going to trust in God. My hope is in God. 
Sometimes there's moments where they walk around a city and it makes no sense to shout and scream and have instruments, except for it's a statement of praise. I'm looking to God in the midst of the circumstance. There's, there's, there's over and over again, this, these, 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 the people of God and their circumstance is hard. They're, they go into exile. They're kicked around by a Babylon or Syria or Egypt. And yet the story of praise in the midst of their pain. The story of praise is a part of their story. And you can look at not just the people of God kind of historically in terms of all of Israel, but you can look even at specific people. You can read in Job chapter one where Job loses everything. And his response in Job one after he loses all is to finally get mad and rant. No. To finally tell everybody I I deserve to be angry because... To go ahead and force a small group where I take my narrative of my pain and I make me, no. How does he work through it? He worships. Job 1, lose all worship. Actually, David, 2 Samuel, we read the story where his son dies and he worships. To, To you and to me, sometimes it's easy for us to think that seems impossible. I mentioned this last week, but this story about Paul and Silas, whipped, beaten for obedience, for just talking about Jesus like they're supposed to. It's not that they were in disobedience, it's that they were in obedience and in obedience and living out the command of Christ. Then they find themselves in a prison cell and they sing songs of God to God at midnight. So beyond the sermon about how they get out and how they're, I just wanna go after in the middle of their pain, their choice of what they do in the middle of the difficulty. What do they do? Sing praises to God. That's all I'm aiming at today. All I'm aiming at is not that you know this in your head, but that you do this with your time. It's not that you say, oh, that's what I ought to do. It's not that you say that's what Job did, or that's what David did, or that's what Paul and Silas did, or that's what the people of God did and the walls of Jericho fell down, or, that, or whatever storyline in the Old Testament. But that you, as a present tense follower of Jesus living in Kansas City, go through pain, and in the middle of your pain, you choose to praise choose to seek God. This is kind of a silly way to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I, I took a class in 1997 at the University of Oklahoma. It was a film class. And uh, I'm not totally sure why I took a film class, except for that I liked the idea that you could get credit for watching movies, which I thought was cool. And so I took a, a film class the fall of 97. And one of, the, one of the movies that we watched on Thursday night in Norman, Oklahoma was Singing in the Rain. And it's just this, the simple song and the movie is just about a guy who in the midst of the rain is singing. And if I could name this sermon, it would be this. It would be praising in the pain. It would be in the, it is not to pretend like circumstance is not difficult. It is. It is not to ignore circumstance. It's just, it's just that I'm anchored. I'm tapped into a bigger song, a bigger story, a, a deeper narrative than just my circumstance and my pain. And so uh, I want to just read Psalm 52 because there's a couple ideas on, on why. Why do I praise in the pain? Praise anchors me to God's story. Psalm 52. For what you have done, I will praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name for your name is good. So I will gather with the people on a Sunday and I will praise you for what you have done. Many times we think or we'll hear 
a logic that says, I don't praise God for what he's done. I praise him for who he is. Oh, we praise him for who he is and according to Psalm 52 and what he's done. So every time that we sing, sing lyrics like we sang today about, the, about I hear the, the sound of dry bones rattling or, or you, you made a way through the desert or you split, you split the sea so I could walk, right? What are we doing? We're praising God because of what he has done. So we can sing songs. There's a song that we just sang about, about I face my own giants, right? All that is it's Old Testament stories of you've been faithful. You were faithful to David. And so you were faithful to the people of God that split the Red Sea. You've been faithful when the walls came down. You pick your storyline. And I would invite you not just to think, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give praise about what God has done in, in, the, in the scriptures. In addition to that, to even develop your own narrative in your own head, in your own heart about what God has done in your life. So for you to be able to say, you have done stuff. You have worked in my life. So for example, for me, there was this conviction that God is a healer. And I would have easily said, I know that. But there was a whole nother level for me when in 2020, God healed my dad. So for me on a Sunday, when I am singing, not just about how Goliath went down or the walls went down, but I'm also, and God, you are the healer of Hal Perkins. You healed my dad. You, and, so, and so I'm not just singing about, hey, God, you are the savior of, you, you, are, the, you are the savior that I read about in Acts chapter two, where all of a sudden uh, the, the people of God receive the good news of Jesus and many are saved. But God, you saved my soul. But God, I saw you're a savior. You say people last week gave their life to Jesus. You've saved me and I know. People. So it's a present tense. You have done the work in the scriptures. You have done the work in my own life. You are provider. So it's, yeah, God, you provided man in the wilderness. Yeah, God, you provided. We see even with Jesus, Jesus providing healing or Jesus providing fish and bread for a meal. But in your own story, in the worship moments, you're singing it, you're, you're declaring it in the congregation or in with the presence of the people of God. I am declaring what he has done. This is who you are. This is what you've done in my life. And we're not in my journey. It was, wow, financial cost to move to Kansas City and start a church seemed so big. And the week that Radiant Church started, God provided every dollar. And so in my own journey now, it's, and you provided for a radiant church. You are a provider. You are a healer. You are a savior. God, you are declare in the assembly with the people of God. This is what you've done. This is who you are. So as a church, when you gather, I want to invite you to anticipate, make this, even when you gather with the congregation, I'm going to, I'm going to set some things aside. I'm going to put my phone down for a few minutes and I'm going to declare just, I'm going to go Psalm 52 with the people of God and I'm going to praise, I'm going to praise him for what he's done. And the temptation is always to linger and say, well, but I'm experiencing too much pain. Certainly I can't, I, I can't praise God because of the pain that I'm in. It's actually as you praise him for what he's done, as you praise him, you will start to see your heart pull out of the small story and get anchored and connected into God's bigger story. And so I, I think one of the great things about songs is that you remember it. You can even remember it through the week. So for example, 
Renata and I both attempted to teach our children scripture, right? Here's how I did it. Memorize this, tribal Bible, award, vroom, vroom, robotic, left brain, let's go, let's memorize it. Like, Here's how Renata did it. A CD, old school, baby, old school, CD. Put a CD in the Toyota Sienna minivan. Called, it was called Seeds. It was songs uh, that were Bible verses. Today, my children cannot remember any of the Bible scriptures that we learned at Tribal Bible, but they got all those seed songs still in their head, right? In the same way that it's easy for us to memorize Ann be or one of the old hymns by Charles Wesley, but almost impossible to pull back a sermon from John Wesley. If you will be present in the congregation, declare the songs, put it, it's, it's, it's in your brain and it's like a replay of this is who my God is. This is what he's done. So that as you go through pain, trials, circumstance, difficulty, heartache, betrayal, disease, difficulty, you've got a song in your heart. And that's where I want to go next. Praise actually creates joy inside of you. It creates joy in chaos or joy in your heart. So I don't know what kind of chaos you feel like you're living in. Most people would identify a certain way that their circumstance is difficult. Paul gives us this in Ephesians 5 when he talks about this idea of singing or praise. He says this, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spirit, and, and, sorry, with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. So we're commanded to sing. Here's my question. Here's Paul, and he says, all right, filled with the Holy Spirit, what comes out of you is you have a song in your heart. What's in your heart? Do you have a song in your heart? Do you have grumbling in your heart? Many people just have silence in their heart. Their lives are so filled with screens of scrolling other people's, looking at things. When it comes to just silence and solitude and what's in your heart, and there's just nothing. What would it look like for you to have a song in your heart? This is a part of the spirit-filled life. So, so the spirit-filled life is that, that there is this eruption, this song that's inside of your heart. I experienced this in the years that I got to walk closely with Dick Eastman. He's now 80 years old. But when you were walking with Dick Eastman, the, whether we're walking in the hallway or up the stairs or on an elevator, there's those, those seven-minute lulls. There's those moments where everything normally goes quiet. And one of the fun things about Dick Eastman is that there's, there's, there would be a little song. He would just... Hey, Jesus. And, I, I, and he's, he's, I'm not, if he ever hears this, I'm not trying to be mean. He's not a singer. Like, he's not a good singer, but he's a singer. So, David, I don't have, a, uh, I don't have vocal cords that make me sing well. That's not the conversation. You're all of a, you, you can be in the, in the congregation and you can, you can say, I face my own giants, way maker, miracle worker, pro. You can sing way off tune. It doesn't matter. It's not about off tune. It's not about if you're, it's about what's in your heart. So whether I'm in the congregation or it's during the week, my temptation is to say, because bad things have happened to me, I have grumbling in my heart, I have complaining in my heart. I want to invite you to this Ephesians 5 that Paul's already said, have a song in your heart. This is what's flowing out of me. The Holy Spirit, this is, what you, this is how your heart works best. This is the redeemed heart filled with the Spirit, and there's a song. There's a song of praise. 
There's a, it's, it's, it's what's inside of me. It's God at work. I mean, I'm not trying to get real specific here, but when Paul goes to describe it, he actually compares it to drunkenness. Like that's, a, that's an interesting, do not get drunk on wine, which means a little bit, little bit, little bit loopy, a little bit crazy, but flip it, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And sing it, when it, it doesn't make circumstantial sense, but God at work causes joy in the midst of chaos. And around you, people think, what is with you? And if you're tapped into the narrative, if you're tapped into the narrative of what's happening in heaven, what's happening in the word of God, what God's doing in your present, where this thing's going in Revelation, where there's a song around the throne forever and ever, then you could be going through the chaos, the difficulty, the pain, and you can have praise inside your heart. You could be going through all kinds of difficulty and hardship, and that does not dictate where your heart is. Your, so- your heart has a song inside of it. That's how God made your heart. That's how your heart works. All of us like things that work, right? Around the house, all of us like things that work, all right? Some of us are the kind of people that just don't embrace the pain of fixing it, and some of us are the people that love to fix it. We have two kinds of people in the Perkins home. We have, the, we have David. I have, if there is a broken screen door, no problem. We have two screen doors. Let's, I mean, we got two doors. It's good. Like, let's go. If, if, Renata, let's fix it. If we have a broken car, I'm like, ah, it may have a rattle, may have a sound, but I can live with it. Hey, God's good. Bless the Lord, all my soul, right? Renata, let's fix it. We have two, Dawson and Adeline. They are on David tribe. They're, they don't even see it. They don't care. They don't know. They're just, they're just happy people. But Renata, Justice, and Liv, they are the, let's get it right. Let's fix it. I have, a, I, have a, I have a victory story. Last week, I fixed Dawson's car. Yes, I know. I got a little bit of like, you know, thank you. I need bigger, I need bigger applause than that. That was a big deal. Thank you. I got a little bit of Matt Willis inside of me now, right? Just a little bit of I can fix a car type thing. Uh, actually, what happened was is that his 2005 Honda Pilot uh, was really squeaky and he was just living with it. And I said, oh, I can fix that. Went and got some WD-40. I fixed the car, everybody. <laughs> I know how to fix it now, right? But now it's right, right? Listen, you're either the person that allows your heart to just be broken or you're the person that says, I want to fix it. You're the person that says, I'm not content to always have complaining, grumbling. You are a redeemed follower of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit. You are a person that's, you've got a song in your heart. So you could walk through, you, you could be thrown into the prison cell in chains, dark, and Paul and Silas sing at midnight. That could be us. We, we, have, we are called to be the people that are connected to a storyline far bigger than our circumstance. And so let me just give you a few thoughts, just a little more Bible on this. Colossians 3 is the same idea as Ephesians 5, but it's said a little bit different way. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Commanded by God, Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Oh, I've got a reason not to praise. No, no, no. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the 10-string lyre. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. Here's what can happen. You can go from a heart broken, messed up, where what's coming out of you is um, misery for the people around you or leading other people down the wrong direction. And then Jesus do a work inside of you, filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, a song comes out of your heart. I, uh, 
I graduated from high school in 1995. Um, it, was a, it was a fun year. And uh, great, great time, glory, mid-90s, what's up? And, uh, and in 1995, the number one song in, in the United States on the radio was by uh, Montel Jordan, right? This is how we do it. All right, does anybody know that song? I know. You're suddenly like, this sermon just went in a direction I've, I never imagined. Um, <laughs> But that, yeah, yeah, there we go. All right, but this was, that, was, that became the number one song. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian leader guy on my high school campus. So in my mind, I'm like, that's, that's the opposite. Like I'm trying to keep it. And then it's Friday night. And it's like, yeah, I'm, they, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> I love this participation. This is going really well. And so, <laughs> but, 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 but I, so, so in my mind, that's like, dark, awful, crazy. That's what I'm fighting against. 2011 or 12, I'm in Atlanta uh, at a conference and the pastor says, oh, we need to make it to the next worship session. Montel Jordan is leading us in worship. And I said, what? In the five song set, one of the songs was called Shake Heaven. I've got the lyrics for you. This guy found Jesus and wrote these words. The angels all around are crying, holy, 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 praising with the sound that gives them glory, glory, glory. Are you ready? Get ready now. I'm ready. Let's all shout it. Start shouting now. Gonna shake heaven. Gonna shake heaven together, together. This is how we do it. I kid you not. And I'm looking at the pastor and I'm like, this is for real? And he's like, yeah, he gave his life to Jesus. And I'm like, this is how we do it. Right? There's a new song in his heart. Same lyric, but a new song. You know what I'm saying? Listen, this is what happens to the redeemed. You've got, okay, I once was this way. Jesus redeems me. I'm filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I used to be the grumbler, the complainer, the angry person. But now, here's what's in my heart. I've got a song that glorifies God. I've got a song in the midst of the trial. So praise flips my soul from hopeless to hopeful. This is Psalm 43. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? So speaking to his soul, put your hope in God. Here's the phrase, for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God. So people that are hopeless think two things. One, they think, I can't do this. Whatever they're looking at, I, I, me, I cannot do this. And then they think there's, there's no way out. That forms hopelessness. Those are the people that feel like they have no hope. I can't do what I have to do. And there's no way for this to ever end. And they're without hope. But here's Psalm 43. Put your hope in God. That's the phrase. In God. For I will yet praise him. So you put your hope in God. And this praise starts to generate hope. But what's the difference? It's not hope in me and it's not hope in my circumstance. It's hope in God. And when you praise, God miraculously starts to transform to where you say, I praise God and I have hope in God and he makes a way. So then you're, then you're going Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So some people take Philippians 4.13 and they flip it into some kind of humanistic kind of idea. I can do all things. Oh, 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 oh. Don't forget the through Christ who strengthens me. And it's not I can do anything I want to do. 
No, Paul's actually going through suffering in that context. He's saying, I can go through any hardship. I can go through anything through Christ. So it's not where you flip it and you say, hey, I'm five foot five. I can do all things through Christ. I could play for the Nuggets and beat the Lakers in game four. It's not that. I, I would love that, but it's not true. It's, it's, not, it's never happening. No matter how close I get to Jesus, I will not play with LeBron in game four. It's not going to happen. Here's what can happen. I can be going through the darkest night. I can be, have something inside of me that's so hard, and I can put my hope in God, praise him, and God transforms me, and then God transforms my circumstance. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, and the walls fall down, or the prison cell opens up, or the Red Sea splits. So you put your hope in God and hopelessness flips to hopeful, full of hope. And the crazy people are actually the people filled with praise and their circumstance doesn't define how they live. No, the narrative that they're tapped into, the story of God is the bigger story. So they're the people that say this whole journey with God that I'm living in, he was at work and faithful in all those Old Testament stories where you can sing songs on a Sunday and he's faithful in my life and he can take my current circumstance in my present and he can put a song in my heart even though I'm walking through a trial or a difficulty. I have the supernatural work of God or the Holy Spirit at work inside of me so that there is power that is not my own. It is God at work inside of me. And he changes hopeless people into hope-filled people. And because ultimately where it's headed, actually when we read Revelation 7, this whole thing ends with praise to God. So it's, it's Christ in my past, Christ in my present, Christ in my future, and it's actually ending in praise. That's where we're headed. Revelation 7, there's, a, there's, a, there's worship around the throne. A great multitude that no one could count from every tongue, tribe, and nation. What? And praise, worship, singing adoration. So when the saints of God gather together on a Sunday and sing at the top of our lungs, worthy is the Lamb, great is our God, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is just, it's a little trailer to heaven. It's just one day we're going to see him and you're not going to say, oh, I got, I, 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 my, my, my circumstance was too hard to praise. No, in the midst of my trial, chaos, difficulty, debt, fear, sickness, disease, that did not define me. I only had 90 years on planet earth, but I have a trillion years in eternity with God. And this is the storyline that I'm mostly connected to. Worthy is the lamb. Holy is my God. And I want to invite you in whatever trial you're in today to praise. Um, I think one of the moments where I saw this so lived out when it seemed so impossible. Um, 2007, I, I served on staff at a church for 14 years in Colorado. And um, in December of 2007, we had a, a shooter come onto our campus on a Sunday and open fire. And I, those of you that have been radiant for a while, you've heard me tell this story. But one of the pieces of that story 
These two girls lost their lives, teenage girls. Many were wounded. And I loved the response of our pastor where he said, in the midst of the pain, and there's the pain, it's hard to verbalize the pain. Gunshots, I mean, all, not just, not just the physical injury, but the fear, I mean, the wonder if, if, if people even um, want to come on a campus, if, if people are even okay to come on a campus, if the trauma, they're just, the levels of pain were so high. And our pastor said, we must not wait till next Sunday. We must, the only way forward is to gather the saints and praise God. Not that we're thankful that this tragic thing has happened. Not that we're enjoying, no, this is awful. This feels dark and deathly and terrible and painful. But this principle was alive in his heart. But in the midst of pain, the best thing we can do is praise and look to him. You are God. We don't know how to navigate this pain and this circumstance. We gathered together on a Wednesday night. The whole room was filled with people. Many of you know John Egan. He's come many times. He had just written this song called Overcome. And it became popular because Jeremy Camp picked it up, went on the radio. But before any of that happened, it was just a little song in John's heart, but it became the anthem of our church in a crisis where we started to sing, we will overcome by the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, we will overcome. And it was a praise song to God in the midst of the pain that seemed unbearable. And I wanna invite you, you might be in a moment, your family, your marriage, maybe it's physically, I don't know. But I wanna invite you to have that same response in the midst of the trial, the pain. And do what the people of God have always done. Whether they're taken into exile into Babylon. Or whether they're it's just that Egypt is. They've been 400 years enslaved in Egypt. In the wilderness, they praise. In a prison cell, Paul and Silas praise. But I invite you to praise him in the pain. Not that the circumstance has changed yet. Not, not that you can even see it but you have praise in your heart because you're the fellowship of the redeemed. You're the people of God. We take a moment, we just bow your heads, just you and God for a moment. And before the worship team sings a song that's already been written, will you have the song that's in your heart just start to come out, just bubble up a little bit? If you need healing in your body, Jesus, you're my healer. If you know that God has provided in the past, Jesus, you're my provider. If you feel like you're clueless on what to believe, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You live in a culture where you've got lies coming at you nonstop on screens. Jesus, your truth in the midst of my confused world culture. Jesus, you're my strength. It's not, it's not my salary that's my strength. It's not my savings account that's my strength. 
It's not my new learned skill on how to make a dollar. That's my strength. You're my strength. Jesus, I will, I will yet praise you. In my own heart, praise will abound. If you're in the room today and you desire Jesus to save you for eternity, the good news is that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but receive. It's not what you do, it's what you receive. Eternal life. Today, if you would like to receive Christ and be one of his followers, I'd like to invite you to shoot up your hand real quick and I wanna lead you in a prayer. <laughs> Good. Just say this prayer. Jesus, save me and redeem me. Change me and transform me. I give you everything. Be my source, my strength, my savior my rock, and my friend. I give it all to you. Amen. Can we give everybody that just prayed that prayer a big hand? It's so good. Let's all stand together. I'd like to invite our ushers to come forward. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I have two things I'd encourage you with. One is we have a card for you that's in your seat. It looks like this. If you wouldn't mind just filling this out, and in just a moment, will you just drop this in one of the white buckets? that goes by. We'd love to walk with you on your journey as a follower. Up here on the stage, we have these Bibles. We'd love for you to snag one of them. Um, you can take as, as many as you want. You wanna give it to friends. But I wanna encourage you to get the word of God alive in your heart. Take just this last moment. Praise God. I wanna just take a moment and praise him for what he's done as we prepare to give of our tithes and offerings. Father, we praise you. You're at work. Each one of us, the gathered saints, our story is that you've saved us and rescued us and redeemed us. And in this room, there's so many different kinds of trials or hardship or suffering. And I ask in Jesus' name that the people of God would find hope in God. God, for those that their circumstance seems pretty well off and pretty good, to those that just can't even imagine another day tomorrow, I pray for supernatural hope. God, I pray that you would be at work. God, we love you. We love being a people of praise. Take what we give. We pray that you would use it, Lord God, to make a difference. God, here in our city, as we do serve day, next month as we invest in young people across America, God, as we dream about all the ways you want to use us in the nations. God, I do even lift up this gathering with Andy. I pray, Lord God, Lord, let, let the call of God on this church to make a difference in the nations grow. Father, we love you. You are our joy. You're our strength. And we praise you. And may a mark of Radiant Church be, I will yet praise him. No matter my circumstance, I will yet praise him. 
I will praise him in the valley. I'll praise him in the prison cell. I'll praise him when I go to battle. I'll praise him on the seventh time around the wall. Oh, I'll praise him when I face debt. I'll praise him when I feel sick. I'll praise him when I don't understand my circumstance. I'll praise him when I've been fired. I'll praise God no matter the circumstance, but find me seeking, find me praising, find me on my face praising the worthy lamb. In Jesus